from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's the OG. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovi. It's Dennis Cox, the producer of this program. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Forbes, Wake Forest head basketball coach, in about 15 minutes or so. Get his thoughts on the season so far, the ACC in general. They're going to be at PNC Arena on Wednesday, 9 o'clock. We'll see if he'll be awake for that. Jillio and I might not be, but uh, he's got to coach it, so my guess is he'll be awake. Are you already Are you already napping yeah, for that I'm, game? Yeah, I'm pacing myself. How, you I'm trying to pace myself tomorrow. Good for you. Good for you. So uh, I went in. I, I went over to NFL.com, folks. We have a fresh mock draft to look at. I'm very excited about this. Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0. Who do you think he's got going number one? Bryce Young. Incorrect. Jalen Carter to the Chicago Bears. Jeremiah says he's not projecting trades in the mock draft this oh, early okay. in the offseason. But I'll be surprised if the Bears end up holding on to this number one overall pick. That said, I don't think they'll move down beyond the range of one of the top defensive players, which is why he's got Jalen Carter. Let's go to where the to the oh my goodness to the Carolina Panthers in the ninth spot, right? Who do you think Daniel Jeremiah mock draft 2.0 NFL.com? What he's got the Panthers doing? He's got the Panthers taking Will Anthony Richardson. Incorrect. He's got from Northwestern offensive lineman. Oh, Skorinko. Peter Skorinski. Ah. Skorinski. Quote, I'm assuming the Panthers don't trade up to land a quarterback and instead go the veteran route at that position. I don't disagree with that. Skoronsky can slide inside the play guard at Carolina, teaming up with Iki Aquanu to give the Panthers two building blocks for the offensive line. Kind of important. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Uh, Frank Reich knows the impact of investing heavily in the line of scrimmage, having spent time with the Eagles staff before he left for Indianapolis. Obviously, that's something that he knows. As if the as if the Colts didn't have a good offensive line yeah, when, when Jonathan Taylor led the NFL in rush. I, I know. The I year know. before. I, I, yeah, I know. I know. But anyway, regardless. Okay. I agree with Jeremiah that the Panthers will go the veteran route. I know the Panthers are talking about, oh, no, we're going to take a quarterback. Why does anybody believe? No, you front offices at this point. Not at nine. Not with that option where it does feel like the top three guys will be on. Even with the top three guys, C.J. Stroud is the only one I have confidence in. So I think the reason why uh, Scott Fitterer and the Panthers, or at least the, the, the talk around the Panthers and taking a quarterback, or that, oh, you know, I think our guys in the draft is because they want to see if they can move back. Okay, that's my theory on this. Because to your point, there's going to be some people that are reaching for quarterbacks. They they want to make sure that, you know, let's say the first three guys are gone, but you still need a quarterback. You're willing to move up to get whoever it is that's remaining. Yeah, that's going to push three talented players down to yes. that spot. Yes. So that's why I think the Panthers are talking the way that they're talking. I think they're trying to generate interest to move back because that's the one thing under Matt Rule that they lack is draft position. So let's see if they can replenish what they've lost over the last couple of years under Matt Rule. And this gets us to the veteran quarterback route. There are plenty of veteran quarterbacks out there to be had. And there's also Lamar Jackson, which that can get a little dicey with the Baltimore Ravens. But let's focus on the quarterbacks that don't require you to deal with franchise tags and giving up two first-round picks and various other things. Let's look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr is probably going to cost around $45 million. And David Carr, his brother, Panthers legend, Mr. Mittens, spoke on his brother and how this process is going to be. 
So he went there to, to get a feel for how they work, you know, from the top down. And mm -hmm. everyone he met, and we knew he would love Robert Sala. I've known yeah. Robert Chats, for a while. Okay. MJ knows Robert. He's fantastic. And they hit it off, and they, they would love to work together. But there's a lot of questions that have to be asked. You know, he has to, he has to find out how the inner workings of, obviously, the front office works. But then also, I think the most important thing for him as a veteran quarterback, what is it going to be like as an offensive play caller and a quarterback in that relationship? Todd Downing is there. He has a relationship with Todd. Nathaniel Hackett is also there. So how does all that work? And, yeah. and they had a good, a, a good chat. They, they talked about a lot of different things. And obviously the team is, is just in need of quarterbacks and some stability there. They have a lot of good components. There's a lot of things that are very positive about the Jets. He had a great trip. So it's, it, it's honestly, it's, it's going to be a long process, though. There's, yeah. He really only has the Saints, the Raiders, and the Jets to kind of compare those three places. Right. And so he wants to do his due diligence and see as many places as he can. He's, it's going to be a long process, he says, a long process. Um, all right, so what about the Panthers? Why didn't David Carr, where he quarterbacked the Carolina Panthers, come up? And Frank Reich met with the media today, and Reich talked about how they're not really ready yet. He said, quote, interesting question. We're really literally sitting down with the guys today. He's talking about the quarterbacks that are currently on the roster. First staff meeting will be tomorrow, but I've kind of met with the guys individually saying, here's what we're doing. Step one, let's evaluate our roster. So we're really just starting that process. Step two, evaluate the free agents. Everybody's got their list. Step three, now you're going to go through the college guys. And when it came to David Carr specifically, he's like, we're not really ready to discuss the specifics of that because we're just now beginning. So maybe David Carr's name does come up. But you got to remember, Jillio, we've talked about this. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. We'll see how that plays out. Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be some guys out there that are worth taking a look at if you are the Panthers. But I, when we talked to Frank Reich, I think he was in a situation where, hey, man, I, I did this with the Colts where I had you know five different quarterbacks in five years. And mm -hmm. It's a lot. And, yeah. I, and you could tell he doesn't want to do that. So I would think – if they were to stay at nine or maybe even move up in this draft, you know, I could see them saying, all right, Sam Darnold, you're coming back. You're our quarterback this year. But with the expectation that the guy we just drafted is is going to replace you and sooner rather than later. So speaking of Frank Reich, I did mention that he met with the media and with all this talk about, well, who's the quarterback going to be? Who's the quarterback going to be? There is the unresolved issue as to, are you going to call the plays? Was it really unresolved? Maybe not. Because well, his answer at the press he, conference he, really said it all He answered me. it. That's why I thought it was funny. It's like, <laughs> did, did we really think that Frank Reich wasn't going to be calling plays based on that, on that introductory press conference? So here's Frank Reich eh, crystallizing how it's going to be in Carolina. You know, I always I went into the process of, you know, thinking about calling plays, not calling plays. You know, there is going to be some point that I'm going to pass it off. Um, you know, I know that's going to be hard, and I, I've been laughing. I've laughed with Thomas about that already. I said, I'm going to pass it off at some point. I don't know when, but, um, you know, and I think there will be a time and a place, and I think it will become apparent when that is. But, um, you know, I, I think the right thing for me to do for our team and for our offense right now is for me to continue to kind of use my experience there, but draw on. Uh, I'll lean heavy on Thomas. I'll lean heavy on. I can already tell. It's been a couple days, uh, and I'm already I've already leaned on him hard on a couple things. You know, I had a long meeting with him this morning, and I felt wisdom, conviction, strength. So that relationship is going to be really good. So he's talking about offense coordinator Thomas Brown. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about. But yeah, I mean. We talked about this 
probably ad nauseum to certain people that when Matt Rule was hired, it didn't it never made any sense to me that the most important position on his staff, he wasn't either making those calls. And if you're not going to be the person making those calls, you better damn well trust the person with your life because that is your life. It's your job. It's your livelihood. And for him to have no relationship with Joe Brady just never made any yeah, sense made to sense. me at all. So for Frank Reich, yeah, I do not begrudge him that here he has had success as a play caller in the NFL. And if it becomes overwhelming for him, yeah, then then you're putting yourself in a position where Thomas Brown can take that over. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. And check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. My goal is to get us to 3,000 subs on YouTube. And as a gift to you for getting us to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube, I will gift you with me eating a Kirkland hot dog stuffed inside a chicken bake at Costco. Who doesn't want to see that? Again, I think the construction is going to be more entertaining right, than fine. Fine. the actual consumption. That's fine. But we'll see. That's cool. But anyway, we get to 3,000 subs. We put out me eating a forbidden glizzy. Who says no? Wait, you, Joe does. He watched me do it. And he's like, why? Why not? I do it for the content. But I will say it is video Joe's. Finest. It work. might be his finest work. We've done pickleball. We've yeah. done some other things. Might be his finest work. But this is his best. Speaking of fine work, Steve Forbes continues to do fine work for Wake Forest basketball. Demon Deacons will be in action. PNC Arena, nine o'clock Wednesday. We'll talk to Steve Forbes on a variety of topics. Um, but if like you might be thinking, well, what? I don't give a damn about Wake Forest. Shout out to all the lawyers out there who do. But my point is, there are. A lot of basket college state of college basketball points and conversations to be had with Steve Forbes, and he always has some great thoughts on it. So definitely tune in because Steve Forbes is going to help us understand net, maybe. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Check out a brief history of Triangle Sports on the Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks. Episode 3 comes out tomorrow, highlighting players that essentially using the World League of American Football to chase the dream. Drake Drake May's dad, Bark May, tried, played, got hurt. Wilson Hoyle, kicker from Wake Forest. Yeah, he was, he was a pretty good kicker. He had time with the Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks. We'll get their experiences in Episode 3 tomorrow. Steve Forbes, head coach, Wake Forest, joining us now on the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. He'll be back in the Triangle Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. It's, it's it's a late one for me and Giglio. I mean, we're old now, man. Those 9 o'clock games hit a little bit different, coach. I mean, I'm older than you guys. I mean, it kills me. And it's like our fourth one of the year. The best one was we played at 9 o'clock at Wisconsin on a Tuesday. Got home at 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, Wednesday morning. They played at Clemson on Friday night. So that was great scheduling. But um, those 9 o'clock ones are long, especially on the road because mm -hmm. you're in the hotel all day long. You don't really have a lot to do. At home, it's not so bad. But 
uh, on the road, it's a little bit tougher. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Do we want to bring? We're going to bring Steve Forbes something. Yeah, I mean Uno cards. We brought we brought Josh Pastner pizza when he what, was in town. We gave, uh, what can we bring for to you to the hotel? Gilio brought some the time. Gilio brought Jamesons for Mike Bray well, on his way. I know out. he did, and you know I was thinking about that. You know I'm big. I, I, I'm actually a big cigar guy, but I haven't. Okay, had all right, no, 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 uh, say no uh, more, uh, say no more. Uh, I will go. I will go to my dad. We can figure this out because you know I'm Cuban, right? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so let me let me talk to my dad. Let me see what I got. And now uh, we'll drop by on Wednesday. Are you on the regular hotel where I think you are? Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> not put right. that out there, please. No, I won't. Um, we got we you. Won't. No, we won't. We got are you, you coming into the town tonight or no? Yeah, tonight. All right, we'll do it tonight then. I, we'll I don't do it need live, the, as they I like don't to need say. The, I don't need the Mizzou antlers calling my room all night. Okay? No, you do not. No, <laughs> they used to do that kind of thing over there in Missouri. I don't. I need my sleep on the road. Absolutely. I, hey, man, especially for that 9 o'clock game. Yeah. Oh. I try to sleep as long as I can. In fact, I've been rewatching Entourage, and so um, I'm going to rewatch Entourage till I can, till I can't, till I have to go to sleep, and I'll sleep late. <laughs> Steve Forbes joining us, Wake Forest head basketball coach on the OG. <laughs> you got us going already, and the brain's working on the cigars too. So we, we we try to be nice to the coaches who are nice to us, and we appreciate you taking some time for us here and I, I genuine question for you because Tyree Appleby you've done it again in the portal and after last year with Alondis Williams I did not think you'd be able to top yourself but I am genuinely curious about your process and how do you evaluate these players like what do you want to see what do you have to see to know that they can be successful in your style of play well you know I think first thing is can they score um you know I, I really like guys that can make baskets I think it's hard to Put a guard out there that can't make a basket. Um, the other thing with Ty was he was a very uh, unselfish player. He had really high assist numbers uh, at Florida, but maybe his assist turnover ratio wasn't quite where it needed to be. You know, Alondis showed the uh, willingness to pass, was a really good passer. And so when you're going to have a guy that's going to have the ball in his hands as much as they did or are, and they got they not only got to score the ball, but they got to be unselfish. And, you know, that's kind of a rare trait for somebody that can score. Usually those guys are selfish type people, which is fine. I mean, that's the way that it has to be. Now, I will tell you this. Ty's more of a point guard than Alondis. Uh, Alondis kind of evolved into that position based on our roster last year. I didn't really – I didn't honestly recruit him to be the point guard. You know, it was more of a big wing. But it just kind of worked out that way. Where, you know, Ty came in to play the one and has played it at a very, very high level. I mean, I – I've coached Fred Van Fleet, you know, who's an NBA All-Star. AC Law, who was the Koozie Award winner at AM and probably the 10th pick in the draft. Those two guys at tie, those three guys would be three of the best point guards I've ever coached in my 30-plus years of coaching. I, I think Ty's a really good player. He plays really hard. He's a great competitor, and he's got great spirit. Steve Forbes, Wake Forest basketball coach, joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Giglio. All right. Uh, I was just looking through the resume. And first of all, are you over last year? Have you no. mentally faced it? Have you or no? It's hard. Yeah. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. I never would have imagined that I could win. We'd win 13 league games in this league and never make the tournament. I just couldn't put my wrap my mind around that, you know, because the last time Wake went, they were nine and nine, 
you know, but I think sometimes I think some of it too is we've gone to 20 league games. I'm not sure that's advantageous, you know, for our league. I think that's something that we need to look at. Um, we haven't added more. I don't think we've got more bids because we went to more league games. And so I think it's something we got to look at. But yeah, I'm over it. You know, I have to be, but it, it was hard for me to to understand. I'm looking at the non-conference schedule from this year, the, the strength schedule. It's not a red flag this year, so you're in good position. You have some good wins in the league. You've split with Duke. You've split with Carolina. You, you get State Wednesday night, a chance to split with them. Uh, you've also beaten Clemson, so you, you, have, you have some good wins on your resume. But what do you feel like you need to do here with four games left in the regular season uh, and then so with the trip to Greensboro? I think we got to win the rest of our games, you know, and then I think we got to win a couple in the tournament, I, at least. I, I don't – I don't feel good about where we're at today as far as getting in. I do think we can. And I do think, we, like you just said, we got opportunities. But, you know, we do have some good wins. We beat Virginia Tech, too, who's ahead of us mm-hmm. in the net. But we also didn't win some games that we needed to win, right? We went through a stretch where we lost three in a row by two points. You know, we win at Duke or if we beat NC State at home or beat Virginia, we, you know, we got a little different um, narrative. If we go down and – you know, don't have 19 turnovers against Miami on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We got a little different narrative. So that's on us, too. Um, I'm not, you know, like mad about – I don't understand the net, and I, I find that troubling. Nobody does. Nobody does. Well, I don't know. understand. I mean, my livelihood depends on it, and yeah, I don't yeah. understand it. You know, like somebody yeah. sent me this today. Think about this. If if Wake – if we beat you – no, know, State beats us tomorrow night – well, it'll probably be a quad three win for them and a quad two win for them at our place. If they lose, then it'll end up being a quad one win for them at our place and a quad two loss for them at home. So is so winning important? I, it you benefits know, them to lose. It benefits yeah. them to lose. How about right. that? Yeah. I mean, and then, well, 40 and then the chess thing, here. Like last Saturday, we beat Georgia Tech at home. We went down six. They went up eight. I mean, seriously? Yeah. I just so – I, I don't get it. I'm, I am curious, and Steve Forbes joining us, Wake Forest head basketball coach here on the OG, alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. You, you referenced that Duke game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and, and I was that. I was going to ask you this question, but I was too busy laughing after you had dunked on Josh Graham. Yeah. That Easy he, to do. I, no, I know, and I, and I told our, him. Our guy. I, like, <laughs> I told Josh, I go, you know, after Coach Forbes did that to you, you have to put out a mixtape. Like, there's no oh, choice. So that's my fault. I apologize. Thank now, you. But what I wanted to ask you in that situation is because you made reference to these groups and we started this conversation with the group you had last year, which is different from the group you had this year. And you're bringing in um, you're bringing in transfers. You referenced John Shire having guys that have missed time because of injury, plugging in transfers themselves. And as you're discussing this, I'm thinking to myself, well, coaches seem to understand a shift in the timeline. And I've been doing this long enough to know that coaches always talked about turning a corner at the end of January. Right yeah. now, I feel like this timeline has shifted, but the rest of the NCAA and how they judge you has not caught up to, you know, like I, and maybe, you know, let's not get so caught up in that. Maybe re, maybe look at what the last month looks like for these teams to get a better yeah. idea of that, how good you might be. And I, that was discussed in our meeting last. Funny you bring that up last spring that came up. Okay. Why that why that went away? Because, as you know, it used to be the last 10. Yeah, was really important. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say we went out. Well, that would be uh, four, three, be seven of our last eight or something like that. We'd have won down yeah. the stretch, you know. So I, I do think it's how you're playing, you know, at the end is important. But I also have a problem with the net with when you actually play a team. For instance, 
We beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. It's not even a quad one win today, but go play there and try to win. Good luck with that. And, <laughs> and, and when we played them, fellas, they had just beat NC State. Mm-hmm. They just beat Dayton. They lost in overtime to Kansas. We come home and beat them. Then they go to Marquette and win. They're playing well. Now, you know, things happen over the season. You know, you, guys get hurt, guys you don't play. But I also don't think there's much thought process into when you actually play the team. Yeah, they have some good wins. Yeah, they yeah. Do. Wisconsin's I mean, yes. USC's a team. Marquette's a, a, a Final Four contender. So I'm just saying, you right. know, it's, it's 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 hard. You know, and right now we don't even get credit for that win as a quad one win. And hey, listen, NC State and Virginia don't get credit for coming to Wake as a quad one win. That's not right. And I feel bad about that. I'm gonna we're gonna keep trying to win so we could push ourselves up into the top seventy five or seventy six, I think, or something like that, so we can help the league too. I feel that responsibility that we need to win too to help mm-hmm. the league, you know, become have better quality wins. You just illustrated right there. Seventy seven as we sit here. The arbitrary but as you guys are pointing out, there's the arbitrary hard line of what a quad two and a quad three and all that stuff. There's no there's no fuzzy middle. I mean, are you really no. that much worse because you're one spot back in this arbitrary thing? You think about this on selection Sunday last year. Yeah. We didn't get credit for beating um Carolina, Carolina or VT. They were thirty two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and Virgi- we won out Virginia, and they were seventy-seven. Yeah. Okay. Now, at the, after they redid the quad at the end of the NCAA tournament, we had three quad one wins because those guys all moved up. You know, and um, I just yeah, it's a hard. I don't really get it. I I, I think that there's got to be some common sense on there too. What a good team looks like and what a good team doesn't look like. You know, not not tricking the numbers. You know, and and so um, you know. It is what it is. Listen, we all got to live with it. And the best way to, to, to do it is just to win. Yeah. You know, I say that, and then we win and we go down. But, you know, the, the other thing with it is I, I have trouble. <laughs> you know, the NCAA says don't bet on it. We're not supposed to. I've never looked at a line. I don't look at But now they're telling us, we. well, you went down because you didn't win by enough. Well, yeah. I only trying to win by one. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to win by one. Not whatever. Not ten. Random guy says we should win Double by digits. Two. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I have I have a lot of trouble with that when they when you know that's a big narrative and it's rightfully so in college basketball is you know don't bet on it and then here we are as a head coach basically you're telling me I need to know what the line is so I know to win by how many I need to win by got to cover that's a very mixed <laughs> that's a very mixed message I'm, 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 I'm being restrained right now so I'm, well, I'm just it, saying it, we're gonna we're you know we're gonna get out of, net, out of gambling. Steve Forbes, well, Wake Forest basketball coach. He is joining us here on the OG. Is that Jim Phillips? He's that's making our. He's making my uh, day right going now. Out here. Anyway, let me tell you something. I can't tell you how many, like, social media tweets or something I'll get after a, a win, and somebody will tell me I'm the worst coach in the NCAA because yeah. I just maybe Wrong we number. didn't cover, but I didn't even know that. I'm just trying to win, okay? And so that it's a mixed message that I'm really, you know, for a guy that's been around as long as I have. Yeah, I just find that troubling to me. You know, if it gets to a point, Coach, where you need a director of gambling and you need no. to know the lines, you let no. me know. No, you're not I'll getting come me. Join the staff. Joe's your guy. Okay. If it gets to that point, <laughs> you just let me know and I'll take care of such uh, things. If it gets to that for point, you. I'm retiring. Okay. okay. I'll be done. <laughs> just, just letting you yeah, know. Yeah, I'll be done. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll share I've Ken seen. Palm's uh, email with you because whenever I have questions, I email him directly. And he does email me back. So even though he's a Virginia Tech guy, 
I bet you he would respond to you. Oh, that explains my right. that explains my Ken Palm ranking. Okay. Exactly. See, Thank there's always oh, a Kenny, reason. I like Oh Kenny Palm. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it, uh, these games, you're playing State Wednesday night. You've already played Duke twice. You've played Carolina twice. I call them run it back games. That they're yeah. what made the ACC CC just just a little bit. Uh, see a team for the second time you know you you know the iverson set is coming for Tequavion smith yeah. you know what they're going to run you know the yeah. you know three-quarter trap and then they know what you want to do with monsato yeah. they know what Applebee's going to do i love the ins and outs and the x's and o's of that run it back game for you do you kind of do you go with what you did the first game or do you go and go okay i think they think we're going to do this so i'm going to try that I, I just love the intrigue yeah. of these matchups well, obviously, there's a lot of that. Like you said, like we think they're going to guard us this way, so we try to do this. But obviously, we have to change some things because we lost the game. Of guarding DJ Burns in the second half, I mean, he killed. He got 31 points. Basically, took the game over at the end, and I made the decision on me to play him one on one and try to win it two by two instead of three by three because I believe DJ Burns is the best offensive post player in the in the ACC, and he's an elite passer. And every team I've ever watched him play, when they come to double, he just torches them because he's a great passer. And then you got three tremendous guards on the on the perimeter that can make horse shots. I mean, wide open shots. They're going to make those. And even when we doubled him the first time, he threw it to the corner late in the game and LJ Thomas banged the yeah. three in the corner. So we're going to have to mix up our looks. It's kind of like baseball. I use baseball always a lot as a – you know, you, you got to mix up your pitches – you know, and it's, so you're going to have to mix up some looks on how you guard him and make him guess a little bit. And um, and then you got the that entire perimeter that I think is right with Miami is the best perimeter, you know, in our league. I think we've got a good perimeter yeah. game as well. Pitt does. Um, but DJ is the X factor. And Jack Clark, I think Clark didn't play that. Didn't play didn't the last play by you, yeah. He can really stretch it. And that causes more problems when you have that guy. That can, you know, you got four guys out there now that can bang threes. It's a nightmare, you know. And so we got to, we're working on some things defensively that we'll have to change up. Steve Forbes, Wake Forest head basketball coach here on the OG. We appreciate the time. Um, I'm going to text my, I was actually texting my dad earlier in this conversation uh, about whether or not he had any of the good stuff, any of the good cigars that he can, uh, he can lend. So uh, I don't know, maybe, I like, maybe the word, I like the word lend. Lend. Like yeah, I mean, I'm not, so I'm, I'm not giving them back. I that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You can give you can give them the you can give them the little uh, the little ring as a well, souvenir. I gotta tell you, it's been we lost the LSU on uh, December 11th or something like that, and we were in Atlanta, and they gave us in this gift packet. They gave two cigars. I came home, I smoked them on Sunday, and I haven't smoked since. And so I, I think it's probably about time to break out. So all right, it'll be, it'll be all right. I'll, I'll I'll make sure my dad's got something. Maybe today, may, maybe after the post game press conference. Oh, it's, hey, whatever, it's fine. I'll hand it to you. I'll all hand right. it to you. Oh, we'll right, we'll come see you. Don't worry. <laughs> you, you'll, you're next on our list. You're kind to us. You're good we'll to us. You. We got you. Trust me, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. <laughs> Steve, appreciate it. All right, boys, be good. It's the OG. Big thanks to Steve Forbes for joining us here on the OG.